becoming a parent is one of those moments in our lives that is so exciting and we're so joyful and so ready for this new life that we now have responsibility for. But it can also be a time that takes its toll on us and especially on the mother. It takes its toll physically, emotionally and not the least mentally. On this mini-series, I sit down with a couple of my girlfriends and we talk about our journeys through motherhood and our experiences with postnatal depression. I invite you to listen and um, I hope that you find this very eye-opening and that you enjoy it. Happy listening. Oh yeah, welcome back. <laughs> oh, you ladies, I wish we could talk about motherhood and just that 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 old period forever. But we have to get into some other aspects of um, uh, motherhood. Something that can sometimes sneak up on you, um, and it might take a while for you to figure out what's going on. We've all talked so much about hormones. We've talked about. Um, sleep deprivation, we've talked about difficult labors that we've had, we've talked about different things and um, um, statistically uh, one, at least one in ten women will um, experience some some sort of mental health um, issue after having children. Um, I think that the statistics are around 10 to 15 percent of women will go through some form of postpartum or postnatal depression and uh, it's something that we don't usually people don't talk about it when you're having children I think um, for myself Suki and Jumoke coming from Nigeria and coming from a culture the Yorubas they don't talk a lot we just hear they pray for you when you have a child and they tell you oh I pray for you my daughter the sickness that happens to people have to give in birth will not happen to you and you're like amen but you don't know exactly what they're talking about um and and then um, you can experience um, some sort of you change and you wonder what this is. Um, we're going to talk um, a little bit about postnatal depression, or it could be anxiety for some people. It could be even obsessive compulsive disorder where you're thinking one to- one thought about your child or something happens to your child and it keeps repeating itself in your head and things like that um uh, n- normally when 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 a woman gives birth they usually say four days or five days later she'll probably experience something some people call baby blues where she's just a little bit you know down a little bit sad it's probably hormones that are going down from having is it the progesterone or something goes down after having children, uh, no, after having a baby, um, what is the difference between, maybe I'll throw that first to Jumoke, baby blues and something more serious like depression or anxiety? Okay. I think uh, from experience and reading about it, uh, the baby blues is usually... Um, the not what you just said you're, you've got quite a lot of hormones in your body and some people say you feel quite emotional irrational you bust into tears for no reasons or you become very irritable touchy or actually feeling depressed and anxious but usually it's usually between when you've mm-hmm. had your baby and the first two weeks 
But by the time mm. it's now taking longer, more than that, going into probably months after having your baby, then there's something not right. Or also, some people might not even have the baby blues, might mm. not have anything. They feel okay throughout. But probably a few weeks or a few months after having their babies, babies and they start feeling somehow, they can't explain it, low moods, you know, feeling irritable, feeling down most of the time, you know, anxious and quite depressed and you just lose um, interest in everything. And it, it depends, a very wide mm. range of different things happening to people, like you said, intrusive thoughts and things like that, then you should know that something is not right, especially you've just had a baby mm. in the first few months of having babies up to a probably six to eight nine months after having baby having your baby mm. then definitely something is not right and that's when we talk mm. about postpartum depression or might be anxiety related yeah. as well or ocd you know obsessive compulsive uh, disorder just, something like that. just yeah. to give an idea like to maybe give our listeners um an idea on what we're talking about and how it can vary for different people um i'm going to share how, what i experienced uh and um maybe um when when you ladies probably share what you experienced it gives our our listeners an idea on how it can really be different so for me i was like we were talking about brought the baby home now this is somebody we have to take care of we we did everything we were just you know you just it's like you're a robot you just you're just doing the thing you taking care of the baby doing everything breastfeeding and all of that like i was saying when my daughter started eating six months after i think something happens with my hormones i don't know up to now what it is that happened but i just noticed that i had a feeling like i was panicky and okay, we, we were just joking about maybe somebody that I love my sleep. I hadn't slept so well in six months. So I think everything <clears throat> kind of culminated at the same time. The hormonal change from, from breastfeeding fully to almost not breastfeeding at all because she was eating very well. Um, so yeah, just, just started like that. Panicky, a little bit scared of just random things or maybe when I'm holding her on the stairs, I feel like, oh, what if I drop her or something? You know, this kind of thoughts. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, ah, I, re I rebuke you, devil. Just get out of my way. I have nothing to do with you and all of that. And I think around May, that's like almost six months after having the, my baby, I started talking to Pauline. I think I mentioned it on the phone. Oh, I'm feeling like this. And she was like, you probably should just go to the hospital and talk to the doctor or something. I was like, ah. I don't know. I'm praying. And I think I, I had a dream that really scared me. And it was just a dream from, now I look back, I think I watched something on CNN the night before I went to sleep. And somehow I dreamt about it. It was when these Chibok girls were taken away in Nigeria, the school girls. And I saw them mm. um, um, on TV. And then I had some funny dreams about my child. And I was... And that was like what set it off for me. It was just, and from there, it just snowballed into different things. Um, so that, that was my experience that I got, I got intrusive thoughts, I got um, scary thoughts, and I had a lot of panic. I wasn't really depressed because I would hang out with people and I'll be very happy and I'll be okay in that sense. But then um, in my head, there was a lot going on. In my heart, there was a lot going on and I couldn't sleep very well. And it got to the point where I could almost feel the fear practically literally in my hand I could be like I, I felt like I could feel it physically feel it 
that was my experience. And it didn't start for me two weeks after giving birth. So this started for me six months after giving birth. And the first six months was okay. It was basically just a normal okay. experience. So that, I mean, mm. um, it can, I know that it can be different for different people. I, I, we will still get into, into it. I don't know if um, Polina wants to share um, how it was for you. It also was similar in the sense of the onset, which later I found out that most postpartum depressions, which mine was a postpartum depression, um, start to appear between third and six months of a child's life. Um, but because hmm. we were into the third month, I hmm. think it was postpartum depression. Hmm. Because of course you're trying to, you're trying to, logically think about it and tell yourself well listen you've had this kid at home for this long if you were depressed it would have started a long time ago blah 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 but it was a yeah so mine was a true postpartum depression and i was very resistant to seeking help um so when you know you are depressed hmm. i don't really know how to, it's really difficult to describe it but when i uh, was going through postpartum depression i realized that prior to that I had never been depressed in my life. You know, we often say, oh, I feel so depressed, or we throw this mm. word around. But being truly <clears> depressed <throat> is nothing like the way we use this word in our daily conversations. So for me, yeah, yeah, or just being bummed. It's not just being sad. Week or two, but this was mm. a feeling of death, basically, for me. Um, I didn't want to do anything to my child. I didn't want to hurt myself. I didn't have any suicidal thoughts, to be completely mm. honest. I, none of that. But I did no, want to die. Either. So I just wanted to like lie on the mm. floor and disappear into the ground. And all along, you know, feeling guilt because my husband, I don't know how he survived that time, to be honest with you. But he was working nights at a very, you know, um, dangerous job. And I and was helping me after his night shift while I was sleeping it off. Um, so I put a lot of stress on him because I would call him at work in the middle of the night. I mean, I literally could not function without him being in my space. Um, like I couldn't stay alone. I would go crazy. Mm. Like I would cry. I would throw things. I would scream at my kid, at my child, which is very difficult to admit. Um, but I was not myself. Basically, he, I was like a possessed person. Mm. Um, so he was the one who was trying to get me to seek help. And I was very resistant mm. because I would say, you think I'm crazy. You know, it's basically when you are in that mode, you can't think clearly at all. Which is, again, um, another reason to have a conversation with your spouse if you have mm -hmm. one uh, before you have kids. And that's the advice that I stumbled upon after, you know, we had gone through postpartum depression, that um, women, when they are in the midst of a real postpartum depression, either suffer silently and you can't tell on the surface, or they suffer and people can tell, but they're in denial and don't seek help. So some of them do end up, you know, ending their lives while others just, you know, never seek help, basically. So, long story short, eventually um, mm. we had to seek help because I couldn't take care of our son at all. Quite physically, I couldn't. Um, 
so I was so bad and I lost a lot of weight and I barely mm. ate. And the story goes on. I'm not going to, you know, scare everybody on the podcast. But all that to say <laughs> is that um, talk mm. about postpartum depression realities before delivery. Um, chances are if you don't have um, a history of anxiety or panic attacks and if you didn't have prenatal depression, you'll probably be okay. But it's good to know. Um, I did have prenatal depression mm. with David, with our first son, uh, which is also mm. a rare condition. I didn't know what it was. I didn't seek medical help at that time either. And only at the end of this journey, you know, I kind of put all the pieces together. Should I, you know, if I knew, I probably would have prepared better. And, you know, our kids are mm. great. I didn't have that with my second son, mm. which is why I know it was hormonal. Mm. Um, and when my OBGYN gave me medication, a very, very low dose of it, um, I felt myself in the matter of one day. And then through that, I also learned that when your depression is hormonal, mm. uh, medications like Lexapro or Zoloft, they usually make you mm. feel normal immediately. Yes, immediately. But if it's like chemical Better. in your brain, mm. then you have to take it for a long time for it to accumulate in your system. But hormonal fixes right away. So again, all the ladies listening to us out there, I pray you never, ever have to go through this. But it's a devastating experience, especially when you have a very mm. caring family around you and you feel mm. so helpless. Like their love can't save mm -hmm. you, which is what's crazy. You know, it didn't feel like my husband's love and sacrifices. And he was, you know, basically uh. working 24-7 between his work and me. Um, it still didn't help me. Mm. Like, in a physical sense, it mm. didn't help me. Yeah, of course, mm. it helped me, you know. And Interesting. Prayers I, and all. Yeah, but, but it, he didn't heal me from depression. Emotionally and uh, all of that. But I think mm. he did help me to stay afloat. That's for sure. If he wasn't there, I don't, I don't know. Would mm. I have gotten suicidal? Maybe. I have no idea. So I guess I do attribute, I don't guess, I do attribute a lot of my mm. healing to him and his support. But I just want women to know that it's a, mm. you can't always help yourself. And other people can't always help you. You have to seek medical help. Yes, professional help. Mm. Professional help. I think we will we, we'll get there. Uh, we'll talk about seeking professional help um, in a bit. Um, I would um, probably ask Suki to share. So for me and Paulina, we had this with our first, like our first children. I had it with my first daughter. Paulina had it with her first son. Suki, yours was a little yeah, bit different. Um, with my first child, it was very good. I had a lovely experience. Um, when, well, after the first thing, the initial shock. But with my second baby, mm. I, I, I think his birth, like the first child, went went like way beyond my um, delivery date. So my due date was I gave back to him like 15 days after my due date. So I think I was already, even though mm. I wasn't diagnosed then, I, I was I, I was already mm. feeling like, oh, come 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 come, I need to Down. this child needs to come. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. So when it finally came, mm. I was like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm happy, I'm good. And then I think three days later, I started to feel down. I started to feel 
you know like don't talk to me don't touch me like don't like stay away from me don't come near me kind of feeling i was like okay maybe it's baby blues i I, i'll be fine i'll be fine and then two weeks became three weeks became four weeks and then it it became worse i didn't want to go out i didn't want to talk to anyone i was crying just for no reason i might be cooking and i just stand there just hold the knife and Mm. crying and uh, and then Mm. at that time i had my my husband's parents were with us i would lock myself literally in the room and leave them the whole day like i did not come outside to to talk to them they would come Mm. they would knock on the door like hello can we see the baby and i'm like yeah the baby's there like take the baby and go out like go 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 away (laughs) <laughs> so I was I was like, oh, but what is this feeling? I mean, why am I feeling like this? I did not feel like this with my first child. Why why am I feeling like depressed all the time? Like take the baby away. I don't want to see anybody. Like don't talk to me. Even if they ask me what do you want to eat, I'm like, go away. Like don't come near me. So I mean it went on for like I think like four months. And then one day I went to, mm. to for a checkup and then the, the nurse was talking to me, how are you feeling? And then I explained to her and then she was like, you know what, I'm sending you to a group therapy. So like, this is mm. what I'm going to do for you right now because it sounds like you're still in the early stages, you, you're able to come out of it and go back. It, it felt like I was like swinging in between. I might be good one minute and mm. then I'm yeah for lack of a better word depressed the other minute and then i'm crying one minute and i'm laughing the other as and it felt like i was uh, it was in mm. between but nowhere kind of so mm. and then she said okay i'm signing you up for a good group therapy with other moms and then we'll take it from there so yeah it was it was four mm. months of of for me mm. unexplained not yes, getting help unex- explainable like i didn't know how to explain it i didn't know how to uh, i i didn't know what label to give it i just felt mm-hmm. like okay i'll be fine i'll be fine i'll be fine but no i was not fine mm. okay mm-hmm. uh would you like to share um yeah so uh like everybody uh, i think my started way before uh, before i had my baby so uh babala knew knows the foster the old story but it's a story for another day so but in between the pregnancy i had um, news about my my first child um she's got pre-existing health condition so for me it was a shock so like literally you're expecting a and healthy mm. baby, but so there was a but already. So that anticipation of expecting a baby with a pre-existing mm. health condition threw my world mm. into chaos right from the beginning. I think mm. middle, I think that was right mm. in the fourth four month, fourth month of the pregnancy. But obviously, being a per- person of faith, I thought, okay, I could land this. God has given me His word. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So, trying to be brave throughout the pregnancy, mm. and obviously, put a lot of strain mm. on my marriage as well along the way. So now having the baby, and thankfully she was fine. She was a perfect elder baby, and so when there's this level of anxiety coming into the birth. Then down feeling deflated, like oh, so nothing has happened. So she's fine. Okay, she's okay. 
but that guilt of oh my god anything can happen so mm. i have literally i was like a robot mm. any little i was so protective of her so when people carry her i'm very suspicious i'm very guarded mm. i'm waking up in the middle of the night mm. like is she breathing is she okay okay she's fine you know literally i became very paranoia even to my husband him picking up the baby I'm already thinking mm. what are you going to do with her what are you going to do with her so having those thoughts already was literally and and like what we said being a nurse being an african mm. i thought no i'm strong mm. i can't deal with this no i don't have issues mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 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 solid i'm solid but it went on, I would say, I think for most of you, thankfully, you had help. I, I didn't, I, probably I wasn't open to it because I remember mm-hmm. so many times the doctors were yeah, asking I'm strong. constantly, are you okay? <laughs> I kept saying, yes, mm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm. Even Babala was asking me, Jumaka, mm. are you okay? I said, I'm fine. Until one day, I felt so overwhelmed and I had to call yeah, I remember. I, I hope she remembered and I said, you know what? I th- I just feel like I can't do this anymore. I just want to end it now. And she was like, what? What, what, what mm. did you say? What, 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 what did you say? I said, I- I'm done. Literally, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And thankfully for our support, and she's, you know, she talks me through, but that, that feeling didn't leave me that day. And that catapulted mm. to so many mm. other issues and all that. Which, But what I would say is, what, what took me out of it is form of the support system I had around me. And people really mm-hmm. making sure they're accountable for me. Literally, mm-hmm. I had people mm-hmm. on the clock mm-hmm. checking on me constantly. Constantly. Are you okay? Are you okay? And be my, my normal self. I'm very expressive. I can't, I don't know how to lie. And also, I just say it. So, Babala was very helpful because probably because she's gone through it. She she could understand that, okay, do you need to talk about it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, we, we could talk about everything and i was swinging between the emotions we know but the funny enough is nobody knew because mm. i was still functioning well you would not know i will have a perfect conversation <laughs> with you i will even pray with you but <laughs> as soon as i'm done mm. with that call wow. i can lock myself in the toilet mm. and cry for the next mm. two hours nonstop. Yeah. but nobody knew and it went on and Mm. yeah so mm. it went on and as soon as i thought i was coming out you know my daughter was already nine months i got pregnant again so it was as if it's like oh my god but but yeah we'll cut we'll talk about how to how how to find support mm. and all that when we get to that we'll be able to talk more mm. about that but that was my experience it was like mm. roller coaster there's, really, there's a pattern that. already but i want yeah. um, ladina to speak but i already see that there's a pattern Six months, no saying anything, and then when you when, when no mm-hmm. nothing happens, and then when this starts to happen, you keep it for four months, five months, and then you don't you don't talk to anybody. And also the fact that apart from Paulina now that has mentioned that she couldn't do anything, I mean, if somebody yeah. came to my house, they would not even know what was going on in my head. Mm-hmm. I was my yeah highly functional. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but Ladina, uh, I know that you've 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 said you don't think you actually had the postnatal depression, but you had like that kind of being down. So I would like you to share yeah, that because you know say, this um, is all always like different with you, different people. You women speak about it. I, I experienced some of the symptoms, um, but nothing that was too serious or um, mm. that I felt like I needed to get help or anything like that. But um, definitely, um, mm. it, it was a, it was a difficult mm. time. 
And there were those times of crying and uh, what do I do and how do I do it and am I good enough? Um, but I think it affected me more the second time around um, mm. because when I had my daughter and, you know, here in Sweden, mm. you, you go for the um, the recap or the checkup and they take you through this survey. How are you feeling now? Check it. And I just started mm. crying and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm being a good mother to my son. It was nothing to do with my daughter, but now it went on to the son. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> yeah. And, and the son is your firstborn. So they're asking you yeah, about your pregnancy with the like, second yeah, child and you're talking speaking, about your firstborn. He's, he's not developing the way that other kids are. Or, and I think what... Um, uh, Omojuki was saying, uh, you know, this OCD thing, like, I don't know, I went into this whole comparison, oh, is that one speaking, are they not mm. speaking, are they walking, are they talking, like, you get, like, yeah, I guess it, now, looking back, it's exactly, exactly, and I can say I'm that sure when about he the was smaller, when he was a baby, I was a bit more OCD-like, oh, I don't want him to touch this, I don't want him to touch that, don't come near my baby, even the family members, you know, their own grandparents or something, I'd be like, have you washed your hands? Like, you know, this kind of thing, I wanted to carry antibacterial <laughs> around with me, forget about COVID, like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were prepared a long so, time ago. Yeah, so I guess were, in a way, um, those were some um, of those res- symptoms that you do get from this kind of thing, and I, I had no idea at the time that that could have been what was affecting me. Um, but I think probably mainly uh, the sleep deprivation could have been the cause of that as well um and then yeah just feeling like this mm. my husband would come home and see me yeah like I've not done anything I'm just there and sometimes I felt like that that I'm just there I'm I'm just there mm. with my baby got nothing to do because I'm such an mm. active person it was a complete culture shock for me or whatever you want to call that um, I'm active, I'm with people, I'm socializing, mm. I'm having fun mm. and I'm laughing. And there was a point where I felt like, man, I haven't laughed in a while. What's going on with me? Like, I haven't had a good laugh or I haven't socialized. Mm. And, and then, oh, I haven't felt, I haven't found friends in Sweden yet that I can really crack, crack, crack up with until I started getting close to you, Bobby Ola. <laughs> so, mm. uh, or, uh, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, there was, there was those different things going on. But like I said, um, yeah, and, and, and I wanted to say that somebody mentioned it earlier about Superwoman. I think sometimes it's a cultural thing, but sometimes it's also a, a faith thing. When you know who you are in Christ and uh, what you've been taught mm. in the Word, sometimes we can be very in denial mm. of these things. And mm. we um, we shrug them off. We um, oh, we say no, not me. Mm. It will never happen to me. Like I'm already like that with depression anyway. Like me, depressed, never. <laughs> mm. You know. But I realize it can happen to any and anyone. Mm. Um, so, but we you continue to act like superwoman, like you've all been saying. Mm. You go mm. to church every Sunday. You smile. Mm-hmm. You laugh. You look good, and nobody knows anything. Mm. You know, you might go home in the car with your husband and you're crying in the car on the mm. way home. 
Oh, that was that was me. And we had like this one and a half mm-hmm. hours trip from Stockholm to Westeros and it was just a mess. Yeah, it's yeah. talking, yeah. my head I've is been there. Yeah. I'm not even in the car. Yeah. Mm. And then I'm crying. And I'm telling you, we were at we were at Suki's mm. house almost every weekend. And once they're like, we go in the room, okay, we're going to sleep good night. I start crying. And it it was just a oh, it was a mess. But anyways. <laughs> Talking about not having a good laugh, I, I, now I know we're going to talk about triggers and things like that, but I sense that before I had our firstborn, we had moved to a different city, far away from all my friends, the people that I know, the people that I would normally have a good laugh with, like you're talking about. And we were living in this place where the only thing I did was go to work, come back home. And I used to even joke with my husband, I like you so much, I love you, but I, I, I don't want to see you all the time. Like, I need to see other people. I need to. So I think I had that almost two years or one and a half years of um, of not having the kind of social um, mm, environment mm. that I would normally have. And then yeah. talking about triggers, now we're moving in talking about triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had like miscarriages before, before my baby. So I felt like over like almost two years from being this, oh, I'm daddy's little girl, I'm God's little daughter, and nothing can happen to me, and I'm living in this bubble of angels, or maybe in this bubble of I don't know what it is, to yeah. going through miscarriage like two times, yeah. Um, yeah. living far away from friends and family. Family we already living far away from, but now the friends that are like family, I was far away from them, and then we were living very monotonous life. I think it was just like the perfect... I don't know, breathing ground for, for depression yeah. or whatever was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that was like mm-hmm. a tree guy thing. When I look back, I'm like, it was just like what they call mm-hmm. the perfect thumb. You have the combination of the hormones and the chemicals, and then you have these, this ground that just feels like it feeds it. Feeds <laughs> it and it was, it was mm-hmm. catastrophic. <laughs> yeah, that's what we say in, 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 in Swedish. In Swedish, it was a catastrophe. <laughs> and in Russian, yeah. it was a kashmar. It was like a that's whole. Oh, the word kashmar, Polina. Catastrophe. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about baby blues being sad and all these things, and maybe people are wondering, so how do I know what I'm going through? Is it just baby blues? Should I just wait it out two weeks? It's going to, I think Jumoke mentioned that usually baby blues would go away in, in two, yeah, a few days or two weeks. And then, yeah. So two weeks, yeah. If you notice that it's going more than two weeks, then you can probably think, okay, uh, maybe this is going into that depression aspect. And even if you don't feel like you're depressed, because I never felt like I was depressed. I still felt like I'm not depressed. I'm I'm happy. But that's the thing. Depression doesn't mean that you can't laugh. It just means that I, I used to hear that depression is a black hole. And I didn't really understand it. But when I went through what I went through 2000, 2015, I understood why people describe it like a black hole. It's like you're you're falling and nothing is going to if you if something doesn't happen you're just going to disappear yeah you keep falling into something that you don't even know if there's a bottom to it that's how that, i think that, i can that, say that's how yeah, I felt, from anyways Bobola and hi i mean we we grew up and like we from our previous podcast you know being strong confident in ourselves being expressive and all that and i think when you've got that personnel People just feel people. There's this person, this uh, this expectation that nothing can 
knock you off. You, 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 you should mm. know better. That this Happen mentality to you. Of you should know mm. better. But I think for me, despite the fact that I could pray well, I could express myself, mm. I can talk, and but I knew that one, I was feeling hopeless all the time. I was just like literally to get out of bed in the morning would take a lot of energy. My my child mm. would be crying, and I can't, you know, that maternal instincts they talk about. It was as if it was just gone. I would the the the. Yeah, mm. the poor child is crying. I'm crying leave. myself. I didn't know what to do. You know, literally forgetting to eat. I can't. Re- Funny enough, I just realized yeah. I can't remember if I fed my child or not. If I'm even eating, and I'm just like, did I eat this morning? Am I sure? Yeah. What, what happened? I was forgetting things a lot. You tell me something, and I'm like, can can you come again? Mm-hmm. Or you're talking to me. I just look mm. blank. Or especially on the phone, I would just keep quiet. And he's like, are you there? Of course. So what did I say? I can't remember. And at that point, I knew something was something wasn't right. Definitely, I wasn't mm. myself anymore. I wasn't myself. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. Mm. so yeah. the the different ways to to identify this, and um, I would like for me, like I was saying, it was mostly I was very functional and all of that, and we would come to Stockholm and Angard with the Gukumis and do all of these things and go to church. But it was just the thoughts. The thoughts would I could be holding a a pen, like a, 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 a ball pen that you write with, and I could imagine 10,000 things that that pen can do to my baby or that that, can, that pen can do to me. It was just thoughts mm-hmm. that had no, they had no basis. And it was, mm-hmm. I felt like it was an out-of-body experience. Like I was, I was, I was seeing somebody else go through the thoughts because mm-hmm. I could recognize. But that mm-hmm. is so weird. But it didn't stop me being afraid anyways. Um, I remember, Ladina knows how our church building is. We normally go, the, 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 the restrooms are up upstairs so you have to go up the stairs and then there is like a balcony where you can look down and i would hold that baby close because Mm. that baby i would get this thought of like what if the baby falls out and i would feel like are you about to throw the baby yourself or are you just having a thought about it was it was Mm. terrible Mm. and these Mm. were thoughts that i'd never had before so then i would have to take that baby and hold it (laughs) and go back downstairs Mm. so yeah there are some Whatever it might be, if it just looks out of normal, you probably mm. it's time to seek help. Yeah. And um, they, they, we've yeah. talked about triggers, some of the things that might be dis, dis, predisposing. Um, to... Yeah, talking about predisposing, I think the first thing would probably oh. be if somebody has got uh, yeah factors, if they've got previous mental health uh, problems, probably depression, and mm. over if, uh, if it mm. runs in the family mm. as well, it's probably your auntie or somebody has said something similar to it. Just watch out for it. Mm. Also, I think at times we talked mm. about support as well. Like what Bobola said, if you you're out of your usual support system mm. where you feel isolated, you might be prone to it. Or any mm. stressful, recent stressful mm. condi- uh, events, like probably somebody died recently, mm. somebody close to you died, loss of a mm. job, or some strain on the marriage, or something like that. It's really, mm. really a lot of triggers. And people mm. who suffered um, probably domestic mm. violence or form of uh, abuse, childhood abuse as well, mm. apparently are predisposed to mm. it as well. And um, yeah, yeah, there are lots of triggers, mm. I, I think. But I think because we don't talk about it often, people don't really read much and, into it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm. So if, if see, you're going through any of those things, you should just be, stress, and you're pregnant, you should just something. look out. Um, when we talk about stress, we often think mm. of the things that, you know, um, are negative. Like, 
yeah, a loss of a job hmm. or a sickness or a death. But um, I've learned through my therapist in this process that stress can be from a positive event or, you know, a kind of a number of positive events. So for us, um, everything was falling in place in life, but there were hmm. a lot of changes happening at the same time. Yes, we had recently moved back mm. to the States from mm. Russia, At the same time. where, mm. you know, it was just the two of us, no kids, no jobs, it was all fun. Um, and then here, you know, you're moving to a new area once again, and then, you know, we're having a baby, so a new job, a baby, a new place. Like Babola said, um, none of my friends, my people, um, who I was used to, and no family was close to us. Or close as in within, you know, 30 minutes or so where they could just pop over or I could drive there mm. and just, you know, have dinner. So a lot of things were positive, um, mm. but ne- they were changes nevertheless. And you add a new child um, on top of those changes. And then just like Bobby mentioned, it's a perfect storm. And that's kind of where my therapist helped me mm-hmm. see that. Don't yes. always look at stress or challenge yeah. or a change as a negative um, mm. you know, changes. Um, some mm. people just kind of, we, we as people, I fail to notice that mm. it, it were changes nevertheless. And, um, and as far as factors mm-hmm. also to look out for, and I'm hearing the recurring mm. theme among a few of us is that we were lacking. We were, it seemed like most of us are very social and kind of tough cookies mm. and we're confident yeah. and we like our own thing mm. and we like to be in control mm. and when that is mm. disrupted right mm. we find ourselves mm. in in these mental health postpartum type of situations so th- that's mm. just some of the factors and social mm. factors are very mm. important mm. who you're surrounded by Family, I'm sure, is important, but any kind of support system. I think if I was able to distract myself mm-hmm. and if I had people coming over every day or if I, you know, had places to go and had like a core group of, you know, sisters, so to say, um, or like Babola was living nearby, I think it would have been mm. easier to, uh, you know, like to go through this together um, or process even I the mental so health for, challenges, process yeah. them together, maybe seek help sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so That's so true. The fact that we just, yeah, we need people I think around. For me, for me really the trigger true. was looking back now, I can reflect a little bit and, and look back. I think the trigger was, oh no, I'm about to spend mm-hmm. another one year. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Absolutely. Again. Mm. <laughs> Again. Because, I mean, in Sweden, that's what mm. you do. You are at home alone. If mm. you're lucky, you have one girlfriend that has a baby almost at the same time that you could at you the know, same do, time. do something with. And you have baby groups that yeah. you do maybe once a week. But you really are by yourself. And mm. this is Sweden and not Africa mm. where you have, yeah. you have, you can sit outside your door and, and you can talk <laughs> up to people going by. Here you are like literally inside. Mm. So I think that was what triggered it for me that, oh no, I'm going to be by myself for one year again. So, <laughs> so it got to mm. me that, no, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to mm. do this. And then just snowballed into into mm. full-blown sadness that oh no <laughs> and and that goes back to what you were saying Paulina that, interesting um, th- this idea of being strong you want people around you you are 
chatty, you are outgoing, you are, and then you are locked up for one year by yourself. Mm. So looking back now, I think for me, that was the trigger. Mm. Like, no, I don't want to do this one whole year mm. again. Mm. Interesting. Isn't it interesting? For me, I think before I had a baby, I was already panicking about everything. The world is messed up and this is happening and oh, what will happen to my child growing up in Sweden? Oh, and all of these things that I was thinking about. So sometimes I think we have to put this, it's good to put our minds in a good state when you have a baby or you're expecting a baby because I think you can really walk up some kind of, I don't know, if it's, it's a negative uh, vibe that can linger on if one is not careful. Worry before having a baby can actually be very negative and detrimental to the health of the mother and all of that. And I think I added, my husband was also working nights because he had just moved and he had a job he was working. I know that there was a time the doctor said, you know what, take one week or two weeks. Your husband should not go to work. Let him take a break and then be home. I felt totally different for those two weeks. And then when he had to go back, Everything mm. went back yeah, to crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So I don't know if that's something, just being left alone. Like you say, you're left alone at home with mm. this baby mm. all the time. You don't even mm. know that it's stressing mm. you, but it is stressing you. Yeah. It's like you don't have, it's like you don't have security. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm just home, exactly. just me and this baby. Yeah. And then the time when it was home, it was like my mind went back to rest. It was like, I found mm. equilibrium. And the moment it went back to work, everything went yeah. upside down again. Because I remember Paulina was talking about her husband working night, and I'm wondering if that is something. Maybe if your husband is is doing night shifts, then yeah. you probably should have somebody else um, come stay with you, or you know. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. This um, feels like a good place to take a break again, and then when we come back, we we'll talk about recovery, the role of faith in um, in recovery, and all of that. Because I think we've mentioned the role of sometimes the role faith can play in making us maybe not seek help. But we'll talk about what faith can also do in terms of recovery in a juicy. We continue the conversation on the next episode in this mini-series and where we talk about our own journey out of the black hole of depression. We'll be talking about getting help and moving on because yes, even though it may not seem like it, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. If you would like to contact us, don't forget you can do that by writing us an intentional randomness feedback at gmail.com. All three words together. Intentional randomness feedback at gmail.com. You can comment on Instagram. You can write us right there on Instagram. And I would love, 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 love to hear from you. Keep listening.